Welcome to the How to Be a Minimalist podcast. My name is Katie and I'm your host. I hope you settle in and enjoy and that these episodes help you to find your kind of minimalism. If you're looking for links, check the details below. This is episode number 119. Celebrate the small wins. Hey there, minimalists. What do you think about this episode topic today, Josiah? Um, I've been thinking about it mm-hmm. uh, since you told me we we're going to do it and uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I have, some, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I'll try to temper them. Well. Oh. That's are good. I'm excited too. I've been thinking about this quite a bit as well. And um, I think it's an important one to talk about. Let's take care of some business first though. Our first Patreon challenge in the new Patreon challenge format is going to be starting the day that this episode is released, which is March 14th, Pi Day, in fact. So don't forget that. We've been invited to a Pi Day party. We have been invited to a Pi Day party. <laughs> Any excuse to eat pie. Absolutely. Why not, right? So the challenge is seven days of decluttering for five bucks a month. You get access to this new challenge format. I'm going to be participating. And uh, also there are all of the archived episodes. You might notice that there are only 30 available episodes here. All of them are still available. They're just available on Patreon. Also, you get the bonus exclusive episodes, which there are almost 50 Patreon exclusive episodes. So check that out. There's a link in the details. Also, there is a new YouTube video up. There's some footage of RV gardening. My goal to garden all year long um, is going just fine. It's kind of hard to garden in the wintertime, but I've had a few things. I've done sprouts and things like that. Anyway, got all that sort of thing, what I eat in a day. So if you're looking for plant-based meals or if you're just trying to get some more vegetables in, that's kind of maybe something that you might want to check out. For my personal updates, I have finished two books of my 22 books read in 2022. I can't remember how many this makes. I think I've, I think I've read or listened to like seven or eight books now. So I'm well on my way doing great on that one. I finished the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, which, oh my goodness, you kind of have to just clench your gut the whole time you read that one because it is so, uh, it's, it's pretty tense. It's also made me think of our family history and trials that our ancestors went through. And it's just, it, it definitely makes you think, which is great. But also I read Death on the Nile after that, which is excellent. That one's by Agatha Christie. And I didn't realize that a movie was coming out, which explained why there were like three months that I had to wait before I could get a hold of that book. I also have uh, The Happiest Man Alive, which is an autobiography, I think, of an Auschwitz survivor. So I guess I've got a few pretty intense reads. Yeah, you chose some real uplifting books. Oh, man. There. Actually, the, I, I want to read that book about the life of Frederick Douglass. This is autobiography, right? It is. Yeah. That's, yeah. I've been meaning to read. Uh, there's a biography on him by Timothy Sandifer that mm-hmm. I've been meaning to read for some time. And I'm not sure which one I'm going to read, but it just uh, sounds pretty amazing. I'd like to read about it. I think because he wrote it at such a young age, it it sheds so much light on, I think, what must have really been going on at the time. Wait, and so you get a really vivid picture. And he wrote a second autobiography later on in life, right? Yeah, either two or three more. I can't remember how many more. Okay. Uh, I want to read the... the read ne- I want to read all of them. Yeah. Every time I've read or heard about Frederick Douglass, I've just been so impressed and just amazed. But I I really wanted to learn more about him. So I got that book, but I knew I knew it would be really hard. In fact, I waited a while before I actually listened to it because I knew it was going to be like really intense. And the same thing is going on with that Happiest Man Alive book. 
<laughs> the Auschwitz survivors. So yeah, pretty intense stuff. It's good though. And you re- you should, you should listen to that one, Josiah. You'd like it. I will. For my weekly Feed My Soul time, I've been jumping rope and that has been so much fun. I really, really liked it. I, am I nerding out about that too much, Josiah? Yes. Okay. Well, too bad. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's really fun. I loved jumping rope as a kid, but I've I've like been watching all these YouTube videos on tricks and things like that, and it's fun. You it, always get into stuff, just like these fringe, strange things, and you really nerd out about them. It's it's cool. I don't. It's just my personality. I think that's just how I have to do things. I don't dabble necessarily. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I do sometimes, but when I get into something, even if I don't like go for it all the way if i'm gonna learn about something i really really like learn about it yes it's a little intense sometimes probably well let's get into the main topic so celebrate the small wins i feel like a lot of people are hesitant to consider themselves minimalists because they don't think they've ditched enough stuff or maybe they're just starting out or maybe you only practice minimalism in one area And this isn't really a bad thing. We don't have to call ourselves something just because that's what we're trying to do. But I do think it is a bad thing to not call yourself a minimalist because of external or self-imposed shame or if you're feeling imposter syndrome or things like that. I think that's a quick way to giving up or never really enjoying your hard-earned minimalist lifestyle because you don't validate your efforts. And I... I experienced that the first round of practicing minimalism. I didn't pay attention to how much I had actually accomplished, all the work that I'd gone through. And I was like, I guess I'm not a minimalist. These people are saying that I don't feel like one. And I have been told I'm basically not allowed to call myself a minimalist. And so I I guess I'm not a minimalist. And then I just gave up and I never accumulated what I had before, but I definitely started on that road and if I hadn't and if I hadn't turned around then it it would have been bad and I I feel like I would have been uh a hoarder at that point so I feel like one of the best ways to enjoy and validate your minimalistic practices is to celebrate the small wins Mm. saying that you are an ist is risky it's a risky thing to do Mm. Mm -hmm. it's a rough thing to actually do I mean it to a certain extent you need to do it, uh, I think, to fully embrace some principles. Like, uh, it's I. it was weird. You said you would go back. You If you didn't do it, you felt like you would just go back to hoarding, you know? And it, makes, it reminds me of uh, saying out loud, I'm an alcoholic. Mm. You know, I have a problem. I need to confront it and admit it and say, I'm an alcoholic. Of course, you're doing the opposite, you know? You're saying, I'm a minimalist, knowing that right. you have hoarder tendencies. And in saying that, it gives you a little bit of power. But in general, I don't even like, I don't like much ists. And if you think about why people don't like to call themselves something ist, it's because of those external influences. The the criticism that you'll get. Right. Or the uh, the judgment or the watchful eye that people give you. you know, if someone knows like you're Catholic and you're devout Catholic, they're watching you to see if you, what you're doing. And they're going to judge you through that lens. Yep. Which is kind of unfair. Really. Absolutely. Well, who are you to tell me whether I'm minimalist enough or whatever enough? I can call myself that and be working on it and practicing it. But practicing who is perfect at it? 
at any of it. Nobody is. You will never be perfect. So what matters then? What matters is that people just are supportive and not judgmental. <laughs> no, in yourself. It, what matters doesn't, what people, how people act doesn't matter. Right. What everybody else says or thinks really is shouldn't matter at all. Exactly. Because you can't control that, right? What matters That's, is your, your own actions. Absolutely. Right? Your own effort, I suppose. Yes. Your effort. I guess effort really is what matters. Here's my thing. I feel like anytime I haven't called myself an ist for something that was deeply important to me, to me, the trap is changing and saying, well, I'm not quite that anymore. And I'm not talking about minimalism. I can think of other things where I called myself something and then I was like, this isn't serving me anymore and I need to let it go. And it was actually hard to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not that anymore because I clung to it. For instance, at some point, we will not be full-time RVers. That could be hard to say, I don't full-time RV anymore. And I've even heard of people that have like YouTube channels or podcasts based on based on being full-time RVers and then they quit and then they feel like there's like this kind of death of their identity mm. and it kind of becomes this hard thing. Now, minimalism to me is something I will never, ever let go. It's just so important to me that it will never not be a part of my life. But I could see how you get to where you call yourself something and then you have to let it go. And that's when you have a hard time saying, well, I'm not that anymore. And it's weird to call your, yeah. to not call yourself that we're, anymore. We're so complicated we in are. our own heads, aren't we? we are. It's tough. But I think with something that's really important to you, it's, it's almost essential that you call yourself that or else you're never all in. And I think that is the danger of not saying I am this. It's like, if you're really in need of eating healthfully, now, um, I don't, there are a lot of different ways that people think they should be getting healthier or whatever, but let's just take exercising or, some, or something like that. If you don't say, yeah, I go to the gym five times a week or I go to the gym, I go to the gym all the time. I'm a gym rat. You call yourself that and you suddenly begin to behave that way. <laughs> but if you don't call yourself that, Maybe you don't go to the, makes the gym all the time. It's kind of it, a weird thing, it's, though, right? Um, when it's you know those people who you're talking about something delicious that's bad for you, and they'll be like, ah, "I don't eat that garbage." Mm. They'll say it. They'll say, "I don't eat that garbage." Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, I used to hate that. It used to bother <laughs> me. Oh, good for you. <laughs> but now I understand it a little more. Like maybe they because because I've actually done it. I've actually said that I don't eat that. I don't mm -hmm. eat that. When I do. I, I mean, on occasion I do, but it's almost like I'm saying this out loud because it's going to convince myself. I'm not trying to get anybody else to like make me feel good about me. I'm not trying to showboat. I'm really just trying to be like, yeah, I don't eat that garbage. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though sometimes yeah. I do and I shouldn't, but like, uh, that's, oh my that makes sense. An interesting thought. I, I saw a tweet a while back and it stuck with me. Man, this must be five, six years. It was just a very simple tweet by a nobody. And it was in Spanish. I've used it in some of my lessons in school. And it said, um, it had like a frowny face. And I use it because it's very simple Spanish for kids to understand. And it said, people who go to church, but then talk bad about others. And it had a frowny face. Mm. So is it okay to talk bad about others if I'm not going to church? Is it okay to talk bad about others if I'm not trying? At least I'm going and trying I, and then I'm making that mistake, like I shouldn't be trash talking others while going to church. But the going to church isn't because I'm perfect. It's because I'm trying to get better and not yeah. do that. So if I'm trying and failing, isn't that better than not trying at all? I understand what they're saying. You're hypocritical. But as this relates to being a minimalist, like 
Yeah, my house isn't always clean. It doesn't always look like a like a magazine. And I'm doing my best over here, you know, and maybe my life can be somewhat cluttered, but that doesn't mean I'm not a minimalist. And it doesn't mean I should feel shame or bad about it. I'm just doing the best that I can. Exactly. So should I just stop saying I'm a minimalist if I if I'm dirt if something's dirty? Right. Like I'm done. And then you're just gonna quit trying. It's be hypocrite <laughs> it's if horrible. I. Horrible. Well, I think that what you eloquently just pointed out is I think the thing that we can't control, but it is the problem. I think it's actually a big problem with religion, but with a lot of different things. Not with religion, with the way people view religion and any ist. I have had people tell me, well, you, like, I used to call myself a vegan and I was never vegan enough. And I, <laughs> I could so never, ever, ever be vegan enough for these people. <laughs> and it drove me crazy. And so now I just say I'm plant based, but I quit calling myself a vegan because I couldn't handle all those people saying those kinds of things to me. And I think that the way people view religion or if you're vegan or if you're a minimalist, they think that you have to be perfect. When no, I go to church because I know I'm messed up. Mm. <laughs> I try to practice minimalism because I know I have hoarder tendencies. Wait, while being absolutist, you're actually pushing people away from your cause. Yeah. I heard a girl, and these are just teenagers talking, but she said to another girl, you can't think that and be a feminist. She said it to, to another kid the other day. I didn't oh, hear what it was they were talking about. But I was thinking, that's a spectrum. I mean, you can think whatever you want and still consider yourself a feminist because it's a self-declared philosophy. You know, and you can hold to it and still be a thinking person. Absolutely. And minimalism, it's got to be the same way. It's got to be. You have to, yeah. you have to be okay with whatever your effort is and... And then you can define yourself as you want. Yeah. And, and I think that's I think that's the thing. You can't control those people. You can't control what they think. We can change the way we think about when other people say, hey, I'm a this or I'm a that. You can be like, cool. Even if you know that that's not how you would practice it, you can respect that. And I think that we can kind of change that. But for ourselves, we really do have to just say... No, I'm an, see, so I should just call myself a vegan then, right? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should quit being a hypocrite. Forget and, how they're defining it. You define it yourself. I'll define it myself and say, I'm a vegan. And um, also accept that it is very deep, all of my reasoning for doing that. And it doesn't always include all the animals and it includes a lot of personal stuff too and health and things mm -hmm. like that. And I can define it for that. And I also know that I'm going to have to grip deeply onto what my personal beliefs are. I really do think that one of the best ways to validate our practices, whatever they are, is to celebrate the small wins and and also to continue confirming our actions that are positive and in those directions. We can also inspect our behaviors and see how we can repair and, you know, change and things like yeah. that. I think I, this really starts with our thoughts, though. I'm glad you said that because I, I think that the bad feelings stem from comparison. Mm -hmm. you know, if you compare yourself to other people, I know it's a kind of a cliche right now to hear to say this. I've heard it from many people, but comparison really is the thief of joy. Yeah, it makes you unhappy comparing yourself to others. It's okay to celebrate others' wins, but you need to recognize where you are and what you can accomplish, and forget the comparing yourself. I've often thought about comparison in terms of behavior. Not only does it keep us from doing things, but it can also defeat actions that we would take. As in, you might compare yourself to someone else and say, well, I guess I have to do what 
they are doing instead of being innovative and taking a new path. You could take that with so many different things. How are you going to practice minimalism? You might think of a completely new way to practice simple living or minimalism in your life. And yet, if you compare yourself and say, well, no, I have to be like this person or like that person, or this is what minimalism looks like, you will never make it function in your life the way that would benefit you the most. So comparison, yeah, the thief of joy. I like that a lot. So I have a question for you, Josiah. When I was outlining this episode, it made me wonder, when you coached tennis, how did you see this effect of celebrating the small wins or self-shaming or things like that amongst like the group as a whole or as individuals? Like, Were there certain kids that just were resilient and they would celebrate the small wins no matter what? What what was that like? Because I think we can learn a lot from like cross comparison. It's hard. You have to temper your expectations going in. And I'll tell you this, in 10 years of coaching, no one is good at it. Maybe it's just because they're youth or maybe it's human nature or I only coach girls tennis. Maybe it's more girls than boys. I don't know. This isn't a great like uh, scientific study I have going here, but no one is good at this. No one is good at taking small victories. People love to talk in the past as if and give you this advice of like failure is a learning opportunity (laughs) and you should celebrate your failures because you grow from them. But I bet if you rewound their lives, you would find them crying on the bed. You know what I mean? After (laughs) failures and that kind of thing only that wisdom only comes with hindsight. So you can't really grasp it so much in the moment. But luckily, in sports, you have a coach. In minimalism, you don't really have a coach. All you have is a, a podcast and YouTube videos where you can sit and watch and compare yourself. But, you know, I really tempered expectations going in for the girls. So when they would go out there and play, it sometimes it felt like a downer. But I would be like, look, the girl that you're about to play is going to absolutely crush you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true she's been playing since she was four and you just started last year i can't go on the golf course i've never never played before and expect to beat someone who's playing been playing since they're a child that happens in maybe soccer or something where there's some innate things that you do like run and kick like everybody does that since they're little kids but swinging a tennis racket is not something everyone does throughout their lives so a new person cannot beat someone who's played forever it just does not happen and I have to let them know, like, this girl's going to whoop you. So what is your goal? To win? When you're down 06, you, know, you drop the first set 06, are you going to cry or not? Because that's going to happen. And you are such a logical person. It's true, it's though. Hilarious. So so when I do this, I'll meet them after the first set. You're not supposed to talk until the set's over very much. They have a little five-minute break between sets. and They'll say, I got a game. I got one. So they lost 1-6. But they're like, I got that one. And that is celebrating a small victory from that little win because they went in knowing like, okay, this is a really tough battle for me. Okay, now let's let's look at the opposite. Great player. I had, let's say, a number one player I've got goes in winning. She beat a lot of girls. She plays against a player who I know is clearly better than her. And I expect the other player to definitely win. She expects it too. All right. Mm-hmm. First set, she loses four, six. And she's like, oh, that was close set. But she's happy with that. Mm-hmm. She goes out there and plays another set, loses 2-6. Now she's upset. Now she's upset 
because her expectations were set much higher after the first set. She thought, well, I might be able to win the second set. She comes back and she lost even worse the second set. But now her entire view of how she did is worse. Now she can't celebrate a small win. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's all about expectations celebrating those small, those small wins. And just to bring it back around, you may feel like you're accomplishing something great in your life, but there's always someone out there who's better. There's always someone accomplishing something better. It's so true. No matter what it is, there's always a bigger podcast. There's always a better YouTube channel. There's always a cleaner house, more square footage, less square footage. I live in an RV. I live in a van. I live in a box. I just travel with a backpack. That's all I do. There's always somebody better out there, you know, or quote unquote better out there. Right. It's just about the expectation that you have for yourself. And that's why, that's how I... I think I got players to be happy with their accomplishments by tempering their expectations. Yeah. My takeaway from that is we all need to work on celebrating the small wins because it's not just born in some of us and not in others. And then secondly, when you go and declutter one thing, you need to be happy about it and say, yeah, there might be just about a million things in this room, but I did get rid of that one thing. (laughs) And that's okay. We all have to start somewhere. And also, we look at things in a vertical way, and we see people as higher than us or better than us. But I learned, uh, I can't remember if I watched a YouTube video or maybe it was a counseling session or something, but this person told me, you should take that line of going up and down and turn it horizontally. And in that way, you can see that people are, some people are further along than you or in an area you don't even want to be, first of all. Maybe you don't even want to go that far as in maybe you don't want to live out of a backpack with 25 things in it. But maybe you want to live in a smaller home and have only a thousand things. And maybe that person is there living that life right now and you can see that, but it doesn't mean they're better than you. It means that they've just walked more steps than you Mm. to that goal and you just have more steps to take to that path. And I I thought that was really an interesting way of looking at that because sometimes we do compare ourselves and shame ourselves and then wonder why we aren't there. Well, maybe they had a room with a million things in it and you know, I'm sure they did. At some point, they had something they had to overcome that was an equivalent to what you've got going on and they had to work through it. They just started working on it earlier. And I I just feel like it's really important. I like that. I wanted to talk about a few different ways (laughs) to to actually celebrate the small wins. Uh, I had a video that I watched one time, a YouTube video. And this gal said that after she cleaned her house every Saturday, she and her boyfriend would sit and enjoy a cup of tea and have a cookie in their nice clean house. And they would just sit on the couch and talk and just enjoy it being clean. I thought that was such a good way to celebrate getting something done. And not everything has to have like an actual physical reward. But if you end up finally decluttering in a whole entire room, utilize that room. Like go sit in there and enjoy it. Be in the space. Yeah. Another way that you can do this is actually just emotionally or mentally going through and saying, hey, look at what I did. I I got rid of that thing. Or as you are working through, maybe you want to do a decluttering challenge and you've got 
10 things in a bag, look at it and seriously do some self-talk. It feels so cheesy sometimes, but you can tell yourself, look, I did such a great job. Look at all these things. I'm unburdening them from myself. I don't need these anymore. And they might help someone. I'm Look at what a great job I did. And it's okay to do some of that self-parenting where you are actually enjoying and embracing what you have accomplished and talk yourself up. My minimalist challenge today is to celebrate a small win. Just go and do it. Whether you go and look at something that you've done or think of something that you've done and just tell yourself you did a good job or enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy what you've worked on. Hope you have an excellent minimalistic week. Remember, it is all about the experiences, not the stuff. And we'll see you next time.